Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time of day or night that it is. Uh, welcome to Full Screen 37. Now, I'm on my own, so I'm going to have to try and be slightly more charismatic than usual, which is not at all, uh, because Charlie's over in the US of A and joining the finest geekery that America has to offer, uh, Disneyland Universal Studios, the works. Uh, now, on the end of this pod, we'll be tacking on a couple of pre-recorded bits. We've got uh, the alternates feature coming up for you, as well as a little bit of talk from Charlie himself while he's over in America. But I thought I'd give you a bit of a rundown of a bit of news from this week, because why the bloody hell not, eh? Uh, plenty of re- reboot and remake news to talk about. Lethal Weapon could be getting a reboot. Warner Brothers is apparently developing a franchise... Uh, with Chris Hemsworth being one of the main stars reportedly uh, lined up to take the lead role, taking over uh, the, basically, Martin Riggs role, played by Mel Gibson originally. Now, I get it. Good franchise, bring that buddy cop thing, that's cool. But with the amount of remake stuff out there at the moment, I don't know if it does just feel a little bit strange. Um, easy to be cynical about. If done right, like I say, could be good. But again, pitch it as a sequel. Get Danny Glover and Mel Gibson together. Get a passing down of the torch kind of situation. Uh, then you get the best of both worlds. I don't know. Uh, could be good, could be bad. S- strange. Anyway. Another one as well. Point Break is getting a remake, of course. And apparently Ray Winston uh, is apparently signed on to join the cast as Gary Busey's character from the original. Yeah. The meatball sub-loving uh, FBI partner, uh, Agent Papas. Um, Gerard Butler has basically stepped away from this remake. Um, but Ray Winston stepped in. So, yeah. Swings and roundabouts. Good or bad. Not 100% sure just yet. A little bit of talk as well from Karen Gillan on Guardians of the Galaxy. Not an original film as such, but definitely something new and refreshing and one I'm very much looking forward to. This year it comes out on my birthday! Um, she talks about the strength of the female characters in this. About how she started off with just working out. They wanted her to look a bit tougher. She said, I started eating lots of protein and went on this diet of more food rather than less. Uh, she added, then the women characters are so fierce. The fight sequences aren't graceful, they're hard and strong. Which is two things. One, good actress in what looks like a great film. Looks quite exciting. And a bit of equality. A bit of girl power on screen. Albeit blue, green and every other colour of women uh, from other planets. But hey, it's a start, Hollywood. Uh, well done, Marvel. And a film that I'm immensely excited for. Um, another sort of, uh, another Marvel Studios project, Agent Carter is getting a TV series, should I say, she is, Hayley Atwell, uh, will basically have a series where Peggy Carter embarks upon her career as a covert operative. The official synopsis has been released, uh, it is as follows, it's 1946 and pieces dealt Peggy Carter a serious blow as she finds herself marginalised when the men return home from fighting abroad. Working for the Covert's SSR, Strategic Scientific Reserve, Peggy must balance doing admin work and going on secret missions for Howard Stark, all while trying to navigate life as a single woman in America, in the wake of losing the love of her life, Steve Rogers. Like I say, Haley Atwell will reprise the role. Screenwriters Christopher Marcus and Steve McFeely are apparently envisioning the first season of the show as a either 10 or 13 episode series. 
It'll be part of ABC's 2014-2015 lineup. Specific air date yet to be confirmed, but this is another f- project. Strong female role, uh, main role, great actress in a universe that is being built up beautifully by Marvel at the moment. Something I'm, I'm stupidly excited for. Uh, over on the other side of the Marvel universe, um, basically X-Men Apocalypse and the new Wolverine film could shoot back to back. Now, the next solo Wolverine film uh, could shoot next summer, alongside X-Men Apocalypse, according to the producer Lauren Shula Donner. Uh, We're absolutely trying, yes, she said, whether the plan was to shoot the two films close together. We announced Apocalypse to come out in 2016, so that means we have to shoot next summer, and then we'd have to shoot our new Wolverine movie either before or after that. I think after, because it will come out after. Logic. Uh, it's a piece of schedule that would appeal to Hugh Jackman. Wouldn't have to spend quite as so long in the gym if you could prepare for both films at once, of course. Uh, he said, I found out about X-Men Days of Future Past a month before I finished The Wolverine, so I was already planning on my cheat meals. It's much easier because it's tough to get there physically, but once you're there, it's easier to maintain it. And boy, does he look good like that. Uh, X-Men uh, Apocalypse will open in the UK on the 19th of May 2016. That's already been pending, and Days of Future Past hasn't even hit the screens just yet. Although there have been a few features online this week, uh, actually, while I'm talking about it. Uh, Quicksilver in an interesting-looking feature wrap. So, yeah, who knew? Uh, like I say, he is in America at the moment. However, uh, the young Mr. Charlie Fellows, the older of myself and him, uh, will be on the end of this podcast talking about his time uh thus far over in the US of A. Uh, and before that, we will have a feature uh, coming up very next. Uh, alternates. A few more alternate bits of casting um, or endings for you. I can't remember which because I'm so well prepared. Get in touch with us throughout the week on Facebook. Catalyst Media is the like page. Of course, get in touch on Twitter at Catalyst Pods or myself at Mr. Lewis Ryan. Head over to www.catalystpodcast.com and check out all the lovely articles on there. And you'll hear me again in, well, in a second. And now, through the magic of I don't know what, Charlie has joined me. Oh, I know. I'm sorry I missed the news, but, you know, I was on holiday. I'm in holiday. I'm on holiday. He's on holiday right now. I'm currently not... He's currently talking about films with me. How does it work? Commitment. Committed to bringing... Just think about it, listeners. Yeah. We think, trust your intelligence. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, answers on a postcard. Is that a thing now? Postcards? Are they still a thing? I, you might be sending me one right now, and I and maybe I my am. brain just gave up. Yeah. So it's it time sounds, for the feature. Yeah, it sounds like we're actually talking <laughs> to each other, but we've been this. My part has been recorded hours after yours. <laughs> and I, I'm not even listening to Charlie's bit and I'm giving him responses it's really weird it's just we're that good it's just amazing amazing work we've not even done it yet <laughs> alternate feature so we've got a few for you a couple of casting ones to go with first uh, one that's very close to your heart yep. in the form of Mr Marty McFly uh, love the character um, and to think that it wasn't actually going to be Michael the J Fox because J stands for I was wondering where the joke was going then <laughs> Something You're like, hor- I would he got say- shook out of the role, or oh, something. You are a horrible man. No, Michael J. Fox <laughs> was not, um, he was the original choice, but he was doing TV work TV and time. film at the time, and he just couldn't fit it into his schedule. So they pretty much filmed half of the film with, with Eric Stoltz. Um, if you don't know who Eric Stoltz is, he... Um, we don't blame you. 
Oh, you're such a mean bastard. <laughs> um, it would have been a very different film. For it it would have been, yeah, it would have been a very different film. He is in The Fly 2. He is also in the TV show of Caprica. He plays um, the inventor of basically the Cylons in the whole Battlestar Galactica Cylon world. Um, and they basically said that he was he was very good in it, but he wasn't... The comedy that they were going mm. for, it wasn't hitting it basically yeah. for them. Um, he he's not still... He's not that kind of actor, I don't think. Basically. No, no. I've seen some of the stills of when he was on it. You know, some of the iconic Back to the Future stills with the, with the flames and stuff next to the, the dark. Yeah. Pretty much wearing exactly the same costume. Oh. With, uh, really yeah, with the remote control in his hand when they were controlling the um, the DeLorean first time round. And, um, yeah. And that's what, apparently that's why a lot of the film is set at night. Um because that's when Mar- that's when Michael J. Fox was free to film, huh. and his response was, um, "Yeah, I'll sleep later." That's that is Hollywood commitment, Matt. There we go. I'm not got time to sleep. I've I mean, he's in film. great health now, so it didn't affect him at didn't all. Affect him, but he's got he's got he's, he's got oh, his TV show coming crap. out that I still want to see. You know, yeah, the Michael, the Michael J. Fox show. I, 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 I fancy giving it a watch. I quite like the idea of it. It's one of those kind of things. Of is it, it sounds like it's going to be that. Is it real? Is it not real? Kind yeah, of thing. Of... Mockumentary esque. Yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it would have been a very, very different film. You might have. You might actually like Back to the Future. No, I would have actually hated it. Knowing that, I I like it a little bit more. <laughs> knowing well, that it me, could I, have been Eric Stoltz. I, I look at like um, Chris, uh, Christopher Walken, Christopher Lloyd, and Michael J. Fox as eggs and toast soldiers they go together so well um so i think that there was another actor you know it just just doesn't doesn't feel right at mm. all um but no, i mean i i like eric stoltz um not to the point that i like michael j fox the guy is an absolute living legend for me it's a very different style yeah. of acting and a very different just not got the same kind of energy and, and humor as michael j fox yeah. which I think Would, was was kind of key to those films. Oh, definitely. It was his energy that kind of you know kept that character. Yeah, so that's a, a, a weird alternate sort of casting, and there's there's so many sort of little videos that you can watch online about about him. You can see some of the stills yourself, and they still look cool. But it would have been a very very different film. I, I doubt very much whether or not it would have been in the sort of zeitgeist that it is yeah, now. I, I can't imagine it being the same, having the same kind of success. No. With, a, with, with the, I mean, you know, you never know, but it just, even, even if the people were saying it just wasn't quite the humour we were wanting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, Tom Selleck is up next. How do you the, feel about the this? The man with the moustache. I kind of like this. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Visually, if you take, take away acting and, and, and everything else, visually, I think that would have worked. I really think that would have worked. Yeah. Like, like I, I think that moustache so alone obvious. just I, makes him <laughs> qualified to be a hero in any film. I think it would have been quite a, a close call to make between the two of them at the time. Like, who was gonna, who was gonna play him? They were both big in their own rights. Like, they both had success and sort of celebrity um, acclaim for d- different projects. Yeah. But I don't think one was bigger than the other at that no. point, if you, if you kind of look back. Especially in terms of the careers. Obviously, you, you've got Star Wars versus Magnum P.I., but again, you can't really say at that point one is bigger than the other. I think Star Wars, the, the films were with a pull rather than the, than the cast. Yeah. 
that's not me passing judgment or anything. That's I think that's just how it how it was. That, yeah. Because n- the good films that yeah. and a bit of a good world that happens to have a good cast. Yeah. Um, the old ones, anyway. Not a lot. Was it probably just just Harrison Ford? He went on to do bigger and better things than than Star Wars. Mm. Um, so yeah, he really needed Indiana Jones. It, like it might have made him very successful being in Star Wars, but outside of that franchise, I think Indy was the thing that that did it for him. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine the films being Too massively, different. massively different between between the actors. I think. Physically, they both would have been able to do the same. They still would hold the screen like they did. I mean, yeah. it would have come just come down to sort of individual performance. I can't imagine the, the script or the shoot being altered massively between those between those two guys. But um, I'd I'd love to see. This is when I wish I lived in an alternate reality where that was the norm. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the scene. It's like what would I, what would um. Terminator had been like if um, Sly Stallone had been the main character. I don't know whether or not that was ever an option, but I think yeah. they talk about it in um, Last Action Hero with, with Schwarzenegger in it. They go to a movie stu- like um, There's a couple of films where Arnie laughs at Sly, Last Action Hero, and also, I think it might be Twins, where he's walking along and he sees a, p- a poster of Sly as Rambo, and he looks at him and kind of looks at his own arm and feels his own arm and just laughs at Sly and walks off, and it's like, what a bastard. You know? Like, a bit of a... I mean, if you've seen Puppy Iron, you know that Arnie was a bit of a dick. Um, so it's like, wow, he's really giving Sly some shit on, on screen. <laughs> hey? Doesn't look like it. Cool. We'll just carry on. Just carry on. Okay. Yeah, so Arnie being a dick, bullying Sly. He's and Sly's only a short guy. Like, I think he's like, isn't he like five six or something like that? Which is God pretty knows. small. Yeah. Like, I I I don't know why, but I feel like I could take. Him. <laughs> I I'm, feel like I, I couldn't. Even I'm going. I'm, going right, I'm on holiday and I'm in the same country as him. I'm I'm having him. Guy's going down. Go for his knees. I'm, <laughs> it's my old model old, beating up old men. Go old for the knees. Comments again. You're disgraceful human being. But, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that being amazingly different. However, I would love to see Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd, I'd like to see a version that of that. Would, that Even a spoof sure. online, like a little humour thing. That would be nice. Yeah. A little YouTube video. A yeah. uh, couple of alternate endings, then. All focusing around the use of freeze frame. Freeze frame. It's... It's... Parody and spoofed quite a lot, like stuff like Family Guy and that. They take the mick out of like the whole freeze frame ending we did. All right, yeah, that was a visual gag. We didn't We're it. all about visual gags and background noise. Yeah, yeah full visual gags and background noise. It's, it's almost it's our bread and butter. Yeah, um, yeah, freeze frame ending of um, two very very different films, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Basically, the actual ending of the film is that there's a big shoot out you got Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid um, and they run out from behind um, I think it's some I, um, some barrels they're taking yeah, or something, something like, that. like that and they run out and they're kicking up a lot of smoke and they run and um, it freezes you know them in mid charge guns aloft then like you know it's all going and we're like oh, that's how we want to see our characters um, however the actual ending the intended ending was that they run out 
with a hail of bullets. One of them gets killed, not to the point where they get shot and they might have died. We we would have seen on screen one of them definitely by gets the farm. absolutely riddled. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like definitely gets killed. Like there's no sort of grey area in that. They, you know, they definitely died. Um, the other ending for the other film, sorry, is uh, Thelma and Louise. Big, big iconic ending. They're in their car. They realise that they've gone way too far. They've gone over the top <laughs> with all this thing, and they don't want to go back to the lives that they were suffering with. Um, and they drive their car off the cliff. Um, again, freeze frame. I think these, the reason for these freeze frames in both the films are, are the same. We know what's going to happen. They've gone off a cliff on a, in a car. It's not a sci-fi film. You know what's going to happen. The alternative yeah. ending for this was that they would plummet to their deaths. Their car would hit the bottom, and in a ball of fire, they would be totally obliterated I like that <laughs> I like that it's a, it makes the film a very different film yeah and I think that the, it's a great choice to do the freeze frame because like on Butch Cast and the Sundance Kid they run out to a hail of bullets they're not going to survive that they can't survive that surely but there's all those that always that little glimmer of hope yeah that film finished with my guys alive Seconds, if not milliseconds later, they would have died in both of them. But my my heroes survived in that film, even though we all know they didn't. And I think that's a really good choice to not let Thelma and Louise melt. <laughs> I kind of want to see them melt, though. But that says a lot about me as a person. I, yeah, I think almost but too much. It's like you say, both both times, great artistic decision. Yeah. In terms of, do you know what? Let's have this kind of idealized fantasized version of what the ending is. Yeah. It's like you say, we know what's going to happen, but there's that, you know, one in a million chance they survived. We just, it's kind of like you're left there thinking, if you want to decide they survived, great. Yeah. You didn't see them die. I mean, let's be honest, the the chances, like, the, the odds are stacked against them. So the endings are, for want of a better thing, the same. They still die. However, we get to see it in a lot, in a much more easy, palatable way, as in like, oh no, there's a slither of, hope it's a much more like they're going out as heroes and that's what they were rather than there they are on the floor covered in bullets or in flames dying horrifically it's like oh well that's the thing i take away from it yeah whereas in this case you you take away the that iconic image of someone deciding fuck the world we'll go out our way we'll 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 control our fate i always used to see the ending of thelma as louise as well you put a woman behind the wheel. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we've mocked. They're either going to get we've Michael J. Fox and women. Yeah, they were either going to so crash or get lost, weren't they? Really, you know what I mean? Oh. And pick up Brad Pitt along the way, which many women wish they could do on a regular which, basis. You know, I imagine it launched his career. That 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 film. I mean, I think I fancy him because of that film. I think I fancy him because of every other film as well. <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. Well done, Brad Pitt. Well done, Brad Pitt. Congratulations on your face. He made women drive off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> He's Helen of Troy, but in the modern day. He launched a thousand ships or launched two whiny bitches off a cliff. Yeah. And before we get too sexist, um, another sort of another sort of duo um, we'll mention for Red Dwarf, a bit of alternate casting. Basically, two sort of powerhouses of, of Hollywood not necessarily at the time, but they definitely are now. Yeah. Alan Rickman 
and Alfred Molina both auditioned to be a part of Red Dwarf. Yeah. Now... Lister and Rimmer. Yeah, just... that's a very different show. That's a very different beast. Who, who, definitely. who would have played... Who are? Do you think they just read both characters, or I, I, I don't, I don't know. I that's just a weird. I've listened to a podcast with um, an interview with uh, Craig Charles on there, and a couple of the cast members, and, and they spoke about how basically Alan, Alan Rickman was up for the main role at one point, and they were just like, "You do realise this is going to be a low budget, silly space opera kind of thing." It's gonna opera. Be, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be purposely bad. Yeah. And if it does well, great, and keep costs down and make a lot of series. If it doesn't, that's it. You'll be known as this little kind of B movie style, and it's just like I just love the idea of it. It's what I'll be involved. I love that. That is yeah. like just, just, just Alan Rickman going. You know what? I like the idea of this. That's brilliant. It's Hans Gruber in space. What, <laughs> what's not to love about that? I can't think of anyone else though. Like Craig Charles for me is Lister. I feel like he just turned up and he already had that rat ponytail thing at the back, and <laughs> they were like, "We've got a costume for you," and he was like, "What? Mm. This? I'm wearing it. Like I am living it. I have literally just come from Red Dwarf. Like I don't know. I think he's perfect think, in it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they just the casting is great. Yeah." It's one of those. It's one of those rare things that, to be fair, you can't improve on it. No, you just you can't. Like if you were to remake Red Dwarf, it just wouldn't be the same. It, it's it's one of those things where they were forced to do things because of can because of the limits, which just expanded it in such a way. Like they they had a limited budget and limited special effects, and limited timescale to do things, and certain number. of certain number of people working on it so it's like right here's your constraints do the best you can with what you've got and that's exactly what that is the perfect example of something where it was the best of what could have been a bad situation yeah everyone worked really hard and made it what it is if it had money behind it it wouldn't be as funny because it'd lose that really british really kind of working class and low budget irony of look how bad this is but we're your heroes in space. You know, they made going the, on grand adventures. Yeah, they made like, an American version of it, you know. The pilot. Oh. God. And Lister is the whole point Played of by Lister. Brad Pitt. The whole Super point <laughs> The whole point of Lister is that he is the last human being in existence. Yeah. And you would not want him to be the last human being. He's the epitome of the opposite of what you want. Yeah. In the American TV show, he's like basically wrestler size, good looking, great hair, gun toting hero around the space station, and you're just like, mm, that's not the same show. Um, it's not, it sounds like a good show, but it's not Red Dwarf. It's not Red Dwarf, and then as a comedy, and the fact that they didn't, I don't think they made more than the pilot. So yeah, okay, it didn't, it didn't work. It yeah, it just yeah. did, just didn't work. And um, they keep touting about making um, a Hollywood, or at least sort of. British version of Hollywood esque movie version of of Red Dwarf, um, but they kind of always air to recasting, and I'm just thinking if you're making a movie version of it, you've got your cast. Are people going to believe this is as Lister and Rimmer? Yeah, because they've always played Lister and Rimmer. <laughs> yeah, Get them exactly. In. Do we need to sell it to people? Not really. It's got an audience. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we we could have had a Snape like Lister. 
If only. If only. Hi, this might screw up continuity. Um, I'm in Florida right now recording this, so we were trying to portray that I was with Lewis doing the uh, the features of the show, um, and now I'm suddenly not. Um, I can't pre-plan that far in advance, so sorry. Um, yep, yeah, this is uh, this is Charlie. I'm in Florida, so I'm going to try and do some um, full screens of the week regarding the TV and film esque experiences I've had while I'm over here. Um, I'm with my girlfriend Francesca. Say hello, Francesca. Hello. Uh, she might actually listen to the show now that she's been on it. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, yeah, so we've had what is it? Just shy of a week here now. Yeah, almost six days today. Six days today. It's important, the number six, I'm not sure why. Maybe I'll make up something and tell you later. But yeah, six days today. Um, so um, yeah, we're going to go with our full screens. Like I said, try and link them back to TV and film like the show is meant for. Mm-hmm. I like to see what I've done there. Yes. Made it relevant. Mm-hmm. I like um, that. Yeah. First of all, I think we should start with sort of the cringe S factors. Of a, of a holiday in Florida. Some things, some major don'ts. Let's go with what, what's your yeah. big, what's your pet, what's your pet peeve? What have you noticed? What have you been seeing while you're trying to experience the land of TV and film? Are we going to go purely vanity? So how people look? Or are we going to go with how anything, people act? Anything, anything, everything. Um, well, one instance is today. Um, we were watching a show, really, really great show. Um, it was, what was a the show. show. Um, it was called Lights, Motors, Action, and it was all about... Lights, that's TV and film. Yes. Action, again, TV and film. Uh-huh. We are so relevant to our own show. Exactly. Well done, us. Um, and then, it really super, really different, getting to watch people, do a lot of car stunts, and then there is a kid next to me, just like whining to his father, and he's like, Dad, I want to go! Dad, I want to go! Dad, I want to go! And I felt like turning to the child and just saying... If you want to go, you go. But you should just hit the kid. Just hit the kid. It's fine. I, I just feel like parents need to understand that, even though it may be a kid's place, but at the end of the day, they are paying customers, and if they want to watch this damn show, they they're gonna watch it's, it. I know it's like a lot of people think Disney and Universe and all that. It's very kid orientated, but I would say it's family orientated. Yeah. And we are a family. Except we don't have children. That's that's semantics mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. That um, so yeah, you you're saying um, kids not knowing their place. I think kids kind of not being grateful about where they are. They're in the place where dreams come true, and their <laughs> mom and dad. You cheesy bastard! I can't believe <laughs> their mom and dad. I hold paid, hands with you in public. Have paid a pretty sick. penny for them to sit and whine. And I'm just kind of like, what do you have to whine about? You met Mickey only a mere two minutes ago, and now you're crying? Like, because you don't want to watch a little bit of a sunshine? Basically, um, Francesca Wilson um, is saying kids know your place. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's shaking her fist at me now. It's, uh, it's a visual gag, um, which we're famous for on, on full screen. Um, yeah. Mine is, um, it's similar in, 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 in the fact that it's, 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 again, it's a, it's a family orientated place. It's a visual thing for me. Um, very annoying. Now, 
Doctor Sue's not very popular in the in the UK. I, I don't know if popular is the right word. Maybe it's not very big. We literally know the the motion, the, the live action motion pictures. Um, we don't watch the you know the Grinch that stole Christmas, the animated version. It's not on at Christmas um, like it is over here every year. So I'm told. So Doctor Sue's not that big of a thing in in the UK. However. In, I can't even remember what film it is. In one of the Dr. Seuss films, you've got Thing 1, Thing 2, and I'm like, Thing, is there Thing 3? I don't know. There's, then they wear, like, a red jumpsuit or whatever. And they have blue hair. And blue hair, I'm, 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 I'm told by Francesca that it's, they have blue hair. They have signs on them saying Thing 1 and Thing 2. And people are wearing these t-shirts, you can buy the hoodies from the, the... And they can be cute, you see parents wearing them, and it's quite sweet when it's the actual t-shirt. However, um, one said sexy one on it today. Yeah. And I just think, you know what? When you're not in the park, it's fine. I just think that kids can read. Well, we hope they can, but they're meant to be able to. And I just think, like, no, why why, why are you doing that? It's a little bit big-headed as well. I mean... I mean, the girl was not sexy. Mm. I'm not even sure it was a girl. Was mm. it a guy? I had a beard. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe it was just beard envy. But, um, yeah, it's just not... I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair. I mean, there's that whole sort of... I was going to say legendary story, but I don't think it is, where an overweight girl was asked to leave the park because she was wearing a very skimpy uh, princess outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or not that was true, maybe the guys at Disney, Disney police, the Disney cops, yeah. should have come down on her ass and gone, sexy one, we're going to have to take this to a sexy jury. get out. <laughs> get your ass out of here. <laughs> and that didn't happen. However, I'll, I'll one-up that. A girl wore a T-shirt... I can't remember what the saying was, but it had the word it's, fuck on it. Yeah, it said, oh. I just think, don't, you can't go into a children's park and either take Family. something that, that the child understands and changing it to something a no. bit more smutty, or just wearing like a t-shirt that says the F word on it. It's like... It's wrong. Right. That's our pet peeves. Let's get back to something more relevant. Yeah. Name, I want you to... The format is full screen of the week. Okay. So this week, tell me two of your most favourite film TV-esque experiences in, within the world of Disney and Universal. Okay, so for my first one... Okay, okay, that's good to start with your first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chronological um, and all that shit, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with um, the Transformers ride at Ooh, Universal Ooh, Transformers, Studios. Universal. New ride, only opened up, I think, um, late 2013 or summer 2013, I could be wrong. So this will be its first complete... Summer that it goes that it goes through. Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm aware, and I just thought, brilliant. Like it actually made me. I've not watched the Transformers films since uh, the second one, um, just because it was all getting very repetitive. It was all getting very explosiony, very Michael B. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I don't think you're the key demographic that that film's aimed for. No, but I do Young, like those twenty-year-old girl. I don't think you're on the tick list. But I should be, like, because there's a lot of us, and it's good to... <laughs> there's see. a lot of us. There's a lot of us. <laughs> I've done a count. There's a few. But, um, no, but the ride actually made me want to re-watch the films, which can only be positive out of yeah. a ride. In all fairness, the ride that... Because obviously I was, I was sat next to you on it. That's what you tend to do on holidays, experience yeah. things together. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be a new format within... Or the, the most recent of formats of, of rides, where they mix... Um, Part roller coaster, part um, simulator. Vi- simulator, part part visual effects, um, like a fire explosion will happen on the screen, and then suddenly you're hit with a heat blast. So you kind of tie it all in. So this tends to be three separate mm-hmm. sections that hits all the senses. Yes, 
Yes. Maybe. <laughs> it, 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 it tries. But yeah, there's the Spider-Man ride that does a similar, um, a similar thing. And then there's the Harry Potter, um, yeah. um, what's it called? Harry Potter Land, Harry Potter uh, World. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Would be the, the correct terminology. Mm-hmm. I trust you to, to know. You're looking very, very American at the moment, Francesca. You're actually sat here. You wouldn't believe it, but she's actually got a, a glass of milk and Oreos. You make me sick. This is a, but this is how I would do this in the UK as well. That is a lie. I've never seen you eat, eat Oreos or drink milk. Never seen you eat or yeah, drink. You have. You're not, you've never Stop eaten or, or, or drank in front of me ever, your mum said. Um, yep, yeah, your second one, go on. Um, my second one, um, I don't know whether to use today's. Um, you can go for it, it's relevant, it's, it's recent. Today's, um, Art of Animation session. Okay. Where we got to, we got taken into a room and you're given... That sounded very ominous, we were taken yeah. into a room, it wasn't just me and you, there was a few people, yeah, there was a group a of us. Few. And you got a stool and an easel set up kind of thing and a, and a little white box. A piece of paper, pencil, and you have um, a cast member at the front of the room. I hate that term, a cast member. He's not a cast member. But he is a cast member. No, he's not. He's what a trained he? professional artist. <laughs> the guy is an artist, an animator in his own right. Well, he was very talented either way. And um, he and his work is projected onto the wall as he's doing it. So you can draw along with him and he will show you how to draw specific characters. No, it is really good and he interacts with the with the audience. Yeah. And I felt like he interacted with us more. I feel like we were I feel like he interacted with me more. Well uh, I was right next to you, so we'll say we Who did he give his picture to? Right. Yeah. Signed we, we can't Charlie. Measure, we can't measure this on Sorry. how much you're gonna kiss his ass. basically the guy asked who the um who the chipmunks um are based on the new incarnation of them during the 90s of um, and the Chipmunks, who were their characters based on. If you're unfamiliar with the Chipmunks, just Google Chip and Dale. But yeah. Separately, Chip and Dale. If you're going to Google Chip and Dale, it'll bring a whole new kettle of fish. Or maybe that's your thing. Maybe you want guys hey. in just bow ties and, and just the cuffs of the shirts. That's Search fine. both and tell us which is your favourite. <laughs> which is your favourite, yeah. But yeah, he asked in the 90s, there was the revamping of Chip and Dale, and um, who did they, you know, they, they're dressed, apparently they were dressed to emulate their TV or film um, personas that best encapsulated their inner characters. And he, ha- and he asked who was um, Dale... Who's Dale inspires Dale's costume, and I put my hand up and um, yeah, you did it. And I, who, I did who it. was the what was the answer? Uh, Magnum PI. It, it was. It definitely was Magnum well PI, and I won the artist's version of, of him, which I think is quite funny. How Chip and Dale. Chip is based on Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. played by Harrison Ford. Yeah. Dale is based on uh, Magnum PI, played Tom by Selleck. Tom Selleck. And there was a time where Tom Selleck was the forerunner to play Indiana Jones. So yeah. I feel like they were always tied together somehow. Yeah. And I knew this information, and through research for full screen, I, I was armed with these, these nugget. Yeah. And the guy asked, and I shot my nugget at him. Mm-hmm. That sounded so, oh. so inappropriate in yeah. Disney. It really was. So they're your two. Mm-hmm. They're my two. Right. Mine. Um, I, I informed Francesca that I would not be doing any, um, thinking about this before the pod because I like to keep it free. I'm a free spirit. I'm free. I'm just, ah, crazy like that. Um, and now I'm find myself searching frantically for, uh, 
for an answer. Um, it, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm messing around. It's pretty pretty easy for me. The Harry Harry Potter, um, the one round Hogwarts. What was that called? Um, that is oh god, right? This is really annoying because Harry Potter fans forbidden are going to hate. Forbidden journey, forbidden journey. And I tell you what, it wasn't forbidden. They let me on it and everything. I had a fast pass. See, they I, couldn't stop me. I like that Harry Potter is one of your favourites in this because. I'm the Harry Potter fan. You are the Harry Potter and fan. And you, my friend, have been... Like Lord of the Rings, and I feel they're the same film. It's well, fine. they're not. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I like that I, you can appreciate it, and it's not your favourite film. I like the setup of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, the yeah. way they've done it, that you're walking around in shorty shorts and a vest, blistering heat, sunglasses on, cream, sun creamed up to the nines because you're British and you don't want to frazzle and yet the room, the, the buildings around you are full of snow. I like yeah. the fact that they've gone out, they've gone to town on this thing. Mm-hmm. It's abs- it, it's brilliant. It looks, it, there's the, the Butterbeer vans are around. They've got a snowman and a snow owl on the snowman. Mm-hmm. If you're a snowman, you want a snow owl. You're, in, you're living in Harry well, Potter you land. Stupid well, yes, you would look ridiculous. Um, but I, I just love how how much the town they've gone on it. Really, you don't just feel like you're going on a ride. You're going, you're in, entering the world. And even the even the queue going round, mm-hmm. um, you're going round Hogwarts. So it's like, oh, I'm a bit bored. Oh, there's the Sorting Hat. What's it? Oh, it's talking. It's an animated Sorting Hat. Oh, that's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And then you're going round like, um, what's it called, Gandalf's. Um, Dumbledores. Uh, you say tomato, I say tomato. That's fine. You say potato, I say potato. No one says potato. No one. Potato salad. It doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, and then I would probably go... I'd like to say Marvel Town Universal, but I'm going to go more specific, and I'm going to say the Spider-Man yeah. ride. Very similar to the Transformers ride, like, yeah. in terms of setup. Yeah, it's yeah, exact same setup, but I like the fact that it feels like I'm walking through a '90s TV cartoon. Oh yeah, I think, I think it's the so cool. Is yeah, it's, again, with same as Harry Potter, they've gone to town with it. Like you're walking through the bugle, and I mean, the the story's very sketchy of why you're in here, but it whatever. A few years ago, the whole ride was um, reskinned. And when I say the ride, I mean the the virtu- the um, the sort of the, the the TV screens basically inside it was all reanimated so Spider-Man didn't look like a puppet and it was all a little bit better and they put in two versions of Stanley he's one he's driving a dump truck towards you and later on when you're rescued by Spider-Man and you settle back down he's like he's a pedestrian the only pedestrian in it yeah. standing there and it's nice that there's a little nod that pe- some people will say oh who's that what's that got to do with it other people won't even notice the fact that he was yeah. he was even there in the first place oh no I've got a third one the Twilight Zone Oh, it's a great, great show. Wild card. Wild card. It, yeah, the Twilight Zone. I don't think it's actually based on an, a specific episode. But I think it may... Well, they ended up making a movie of it afterwards. Oh, yeah, but that movie is... Was that the one with Kirsten Dunst? I am unsure, but it's... Yeah, I, I think it was pitched a little bit younger than the... I don't think it's the... Twi- I think it's the Tower oh, no, no, of Terror. No, no. Yeah. I don't think it's twi- the it's Twilight not, Tower. It's not the tw- Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. It's not the Twilight Zone that we know and love. Yeah, um, it's it's on online subscriptions, if you want to call it that. TV programs, film subscriptions, there's many of them out there. I'm thinking of a specific one, but I'm not giving away free advertising. Rhymes with schmetschmix. Yeah, it does. Well done. Um, yeah, um, basically it's, um, a vertical drop roller coaster. Um, yeah. very but free fall, but a little bit more fun. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're, they're my three. Going back to yours, have you, got, have you made a decision? Oh, my favourite. Because one is either basically, one's, you know, an experience and the other was you got to make, you got to watch me be amazing and go, Magnum PI! And people stood up and, and gave a round of applause and one guy was like high-fiving me. There was a few sort of shooty gun finger things. Another girl went, you know what, that guy's a hero. He's British. He must be the king. So that, they're your options. I don't recall any of that. But um, I do, I think my favourite is going to be the art of animation. Thank you. nostalgic, you've got to remember the characters, you've got to get back with the Chippendales. And... <laughs> and... <laughs> Ooh, yeah! Got some one dollar bills! Yeah! It was I just don't know why I'm doing that. A right. completely, I'm a it was a completely original experience in my point of view. Yeah? Yeah. And it's a nice... Nice I have to. I have to admit, break. I'm a bit good that you've chosen that as one of your uh, one of your picks because I think it's. A, I think it was a really, really good experience. Definitely. Um, and the fact that, okay, all joking aside, I got to keep the the picture because I was amazing. Um, we get to keep that picture. Yeah. And I think it just adds to your sort of in this whole mass sort of trying to tick everyone's boxes, trying to please everyone at this at these um you know these big theme parks yeah. and the massive behemoth that is that is Disney and, and everything that's connected to that that we got to have through you know they created a unique holiday experience for oh, us yeah. that other people can, can go and have you know their version of it but no one will have the exact one that we had because exactly. because of that um, so yeah I do I do think that's a really good choice fuck Thank you, you for thinking of it and saying it first Thank you. Um, for me I think it'll be Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I predict that the Spider-Man ride will be, um, will be stripped out and start again, and it will follow the Amazing Spider-Man films that are coming out rather oh, really? than rather than the comic. Yeah. Or they'll do a new Spider-Man ride um, to it. But then again, will they? Because it's Sony. Sony have the rights to the film adaptation of Spider-Man. Yeah, and as well, and Marvel Town is in. Universal, even though Marvel's now owned by Disney. It's very confusing. There's multiple versions of all Universal and Disney characters within Disney and Universal parks. It's very confusing. Star Wars is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, he, he, he's popping up everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, and the Marvel guys, I feel like one of them was sat on the bus next to us when we were going <laughs> in tonight. Uh, it was weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Um, oh, I thought of a pet peeve moment. Oh, God. Cool. There's an ab- I, I would... We, we try to steer away from things like the Aerosmith um, ride because it's not really. Oh yeah. You know, apart from that awesome song in that horrible film, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't, we don't really relate I to really it. Like Shh, that no, film. it's fine. Um, but there's an Aerosmith ride. It's a great roller coaster, but it's such a cringy bit at the beginning where you basically sat in a sound studio with with Aerosmith and they're all talking and it's absolutely fine. They're going along, and then the guitarist from Aerosmith, they all walk out, but he walks back into the room, and. I don't know why, gets the microphone and goes, Hey man, can you remember to grab my black Les Paul guitar, please? Oh right, you play guitar, do you? you you're a multi-millionaire, you can afford one of those guitars, can you? It's black. We didn't realise, you know, being the guitarist Nero Smith made you a multi-millionaire and you're a guitar. Well, thanks for letting us know, mate. I was hoping that at some point in the ride, he, it would become relevant why he needed that guitar. Nope. Just... Name name dropping a guitar make, I'm guessing, showing that he's famous and rich. But hey, you know, if you don't give some, if you 
If you're not better than everyone else, how do people know to aspire to be you? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he only feels good because of the people who think he's good. Mm-hmm. See, that line didn't really bother me, but I can under I can understand why why it bothers you. I only said that because you told me how much it bothered you. I was trying to help what? you. You know what? Cake to Mako, you think you're so nice and you come across and you're not. You're a horrible, I'm very nice. you're a horrible person. Horrible I'm very person. Nice. She punched me square in the face this morning. Couldn't I believe did. it. Couldn't believe it. Right, my choice will probably be, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's going to be a Spider-Man. Yeah. It's going to be a Spider-Man. I'm getting it in there because if they do rip it out, I can say I liked it before it was famous <laughs> as the new rye because I'm, I'm just that hipster. Yeah. I ain't even got time for hipster. I'm hip. That feels, that makes me feel like I'm very old. Yeah. But any hoot. Yeah, so that's, uh, so that's our full screens of the week. Mm-hmm. How was that, Francesca, your first time on, on full screen? That was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank it's you. not, it's not, it's, it's meant to be rock and roll and drugs and it's craziness. So no, thank oh you. God. Thank you for having me. They had no choice. Literally, <laughs> Simon, the boss man, the godlike creature that is in charge of Callous Media, has had a message from me telling Telling him that you're on this week. Um, not even had anything back from me. Doesn't even. He might not even know. He could get this recording and be very, very disappointed. And just blow me out. And ju- yeah, it'd just be me talking. <laughs> it's just Charlie. Alone so what do you think? Room. Yeah. So Francesco, what do you think of that? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think? What? Yeah. So that's yeah. That's probably what we've got in store. Um, we've got a lot more. Parks to go to, Disney and Universal alike, Islands of Adventure, we're flicking, flitting from park to park like the TV film whores that we are. Um, I have actually seen some American TV this week. Um, I love to watch TV as I'm falling asleep, it's great. I watched the um, Conan on uh, basically like a Saturday Night Conan Live. Brian. Yep, Saturday Night Live-esque TV show. Um, we don't get it in the UK unless you go out of your way to stream it or find it on YouTube or any other sort of... Uh, video website, um, others exist apparently, um, and that was, it was actually, it was really, really funny, but I think um, I'll talk more about that when I get back um, with Lewis, um, and also I watched a TV show that's similar in, in at least in concept to Big Bang Theory, it's called Silicon Valley, um, where it's set in the 80s, sort of ele- um, Californian sort of computer boom where um, you've got outsiders creating programs and they're trying to get them made and how they have no idea about business but it seems to be all living in a frat house. Um, it was very, very funny. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come over to the UK. Knowing my look, it's probably aired already in the, in the UK and now I sound like an idiot. But yeah, um, as soon as we've had more experiences in the uh, in the States, we will let you know and we'll tack it onto the end of a, of a, of a full screen episode for you. Okay. Bye. Bye.